curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Today, I welcome back Charlie Johnson. Many of you will remember episode one of this series where Charlie and I discussed our collective return to the promotional products industry and the realities of trying to find our way in our personal and professional lives. Welcome back, bud. Thanks, man. Glad to be back. Absolutely. So, hey, as, you know, as we closed that inaugural episode, we found Charlie firmly in job search mode. And I don't know if you realize this, but that was more than 60 days ago. It's kind of crazy to think that it's been 60 days since you and I got, yeah. got on that first one. Time has yeah, a way of flying. Time absolutely flies. For sure. So m- makes perfect sense. Let's kind of pick up where we left off. So why don't you share with the listening audience what's kind of happened in those last 60 days since we recorded <clears throat> that episode and where you're at now in that journey. Yeah, just uh, did a bunch of interviews and uh, flew around the country to a bunch of spots and uh, spoke with a bunch of companies and a bunch of owners and a bunch of um, a bunch of people who they all were in the same mentality of looking to get very aggressive in the industry. So the, you know, there's one in Chicago, one in Seattle, one in Cali, here in Utah, and a couple other places, and they all were pointed in the same direction. They wanted to look for ways to hire on new reps, looking for ways to do whatever they needed to do to grow sales. They saw. Uh, you know, many of them had a retail division and many of them look are looking at the promo division of their company as the one with the most potential, which I thought was pretty interesting with so many people worried in our industry about what's going on with Amazon and other other things going on in retail. These owners of these companies were very excited about the growth and potential in the promo products industry. So that was uh, very exciting to see. But anyways, um, they were all great people, all great companies, all great names. Um, there was nothing negative about any of them. Uh, what it really boiled down to, uh, like I did, I said something in a, a PR release. People were looking for some fancy uh, uh, reason why I chose handstands. And 
it was more of a location. You know, uh, if I needed to, I would have relocated. But uh, the handstand handstands opportunity came up kind of last minute. They're here in Utah, and uh, I spent some time with the owners, and they are some in, they are some boys that knew how to create a company. Um, handstands had a retail division uh, back in the day that they sold off to Energizer. That is uh, was a very very large company, um, so they know what they're doing. Uh, they bought back the promo side of it from Energizer. Uh, it's been about three or four months. And meeting with them, they're very, uh, very excited about the promo industry. They're very aggressive. They have an, a conviction behind their words. They have an intensity in their eyes. And it just worked out really well. I'm, uh, you know, I've been here for two or three weeks now, very comfortable with them. Um, and everything they said they were going to do, they're backing up. And live in your truth, right? So you want to hear the words, but you want to see it in the actions because we get to a point in our lives where words are nice, but if you have inconsistency with what you see from what you've been told, uh, that's usually the first indication that maybe you're not aligning yourself with somebody who's going to be able to do what you need to do for the long haul, right? Yes, yes. And, and I think a lot of these guys were looking, um, they're looking for something different. They weren't looking for the typical type of uh, employee. Uh, you know, one of the questions, <laughs> one of the uh, questions that every one of them asked was, what's your ultimate goal? What's your main goal? And I think every one of them was looking for me to answer with the typical sales. I'm going to grow companies. I'm going to do this. I'm going to help this. I'm going to get to a certain point. And my answer to them was enlightenment. And that just got, that just kind of caught them off guard and we'd go down that rabbit hole for a little bit and they'd know they, they would, they'd get to see what my ultimate goal was. And I think they uh, enjoyed that. And, um, I think this second time around is going to be a lot of fun. Well, we know it's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about energy and enthusiasm and passion when you've had a chance to be away for a while coming back, it has a way of lighting even, uh, an even stronger fire in the belly, uh, knowing that you've got that gratitude and that, uh, that, uh, passion for wanting to prove that the people who made the choice in selecting you made that right decision, right? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, for sure. So knowing that you had a lot of opportunities, right? So there you were jet setting around flying from one end of the country to the other, having conversations around what seemingly was a somewhat esoteric concept of enlightenment. I'm sure you got a lot of different reactions, but in addition to your path towards enlightenment, I'm guessing there was a checklist. There were boxes. There were things that you were hoping that the potential employers that you were interviewing with might check off for you. So talk a little bit about what some of those boxes were that maybe many of your potential new hire, new employers might have had, but what were the ones that were really sort of at the end of the day, being in Utah certainly was great and helping you on your path towards enlightenment is definitely something that I could see you uh, wanting to be there for you in, in that decision-making process. But talk a little bit about some of the other ones that were important to you in that process. Um, there really was, it was more of an energy thing. It was more of a gut feeling. Just I, That's why I was excited that they all wanted to, to fly me around to get to know them. I wanted to be around those people. I wanted to get to know how they reacted to certain things, how they acted people, how, how they treated people, how they treated the waiter at lunch or dinner that we went to. I just wanted to see what kind of people they were. Um, there, there really wasn't a certain amount of, of checklists cause I, I was willing to, to relocate. I just, um, 
I wanted to have a good feeling from the people that I was going to work with. And it's at the end of the day, if you have any element of uncertainty, even if the money is good, even if the title is right, even if it seems as if you've got a handle on the business model that the people have presented to you, if your gut isn't there and you can't go to bed at night thinking that you made the right decision, you're probably not going to be long for the choice that you make, right? Well, that that as well. And, and one of the things I was also looking for was freedom. I, I needed them to trust me. I'm, I'm that type of kid that didn't have a curfew when I was in high school, but I was home by 12 o'clock. Yeah. So I needed to, I needed to make sure that they would trust me with, with everything, you know, the ideas I had, the things I wanted to do, the credit cards, all that type of stuff. It's, it's something they never had to worry about. I wanted to make sure that they let me, let me be free. Let me be who I needed to be. And that's, um, that's where I'm at my best, where I'm kind of just roaming around doing some good things and, and letting the creativity flow, you know, sometimes working out during the middle of the day, if I'm not feeling it in the morning and not being the first one in the last one out, like I was the first time around, just, you know, I was, I was very honest with them. Um, this time around there, there's some, some, the creative juices are flowing again after a couple of weeks, but the excitement of things we're doing is growing, but there, uh, I've noticed I don't have an attachment like I did the first time around. And I think that's a very healthy thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of very evolved teachers talk about action without attachment. Attachment creates suffering. Accepting something, wanting to, to create a certain goal, a certain number, a certain whatever, and not getting to that goal is where the pain and suffering of this world comes from. So they talk about doing what you need to do without attachment. And that's a very difficult thing to think about and wrap our minds around because every person we've ever been mentored by, told by, every book we've read is a Jack Welch, GE type of thing. You need to do this. You need to increase sales. You need to fire the top less 10% of your company. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to increase numbers. It's about attachment. It's about a goal. It's about a number. And if you don't hit that, you're in deep shit. Well, not only are you in deep shit, but you're taught to feel as if somehow you're not worthy as a person because of your failure. Yeah. And, and that's, 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 that's where a lot of the pain and suffering comes from wrapped up in a certain identity, a condition that, that just, to be honest with you, just, just, does, just doesn't exist, but that's a whole nother topic. Maybe uh, podcast episode number three between you and I might focus on that particular topic. So, <laughs> right. So let's, let's talk about handstands a little bit specifically, just I'm, I'm suspecting that uh, for those of us maybe that are a little geographically removed from that company, uh, there might be some folks out there who are not intimately aware of handstands. So talk a little bit about what they do and what you perceive to be the compelling reason that somebody who may not previously done business with them might want to consider doing so. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're very well respected. Um, I'm, I'm getting a gist from talking to the customers they have and the reps they have and everyone Everyone has nothing but good things to say about them, and I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast knows that that's what I'm supposed to say, but I have not heard a single negative thing about them. Um, what they're known for is uh, tech accessories, car accessories, automotive, uh, office supplies, mouse pads. Um, they're getting into technology. They're getting into um, electronics and stuff like that, but they're, they're not known as an everyday supplier. So they've done really well. They're a smaller company. Um, in what they are good with. They're a lot of, they have a lot of IP, they have a lot of trademarks, they have a lot of products that are just custom to them, and that's what they built their, their name off of, a, a lot of really good quality, a lot of good service. But that's got them to where they're at. And now these new owners want to expand. They want to expand the product line, they want to go after new markets, they want to go after new customers, and they want to grow. And that's what we're going to do. And I've already seen the, fa- the last two or three weeks, we have 
made an un an incredible amount of changes. You know, it's, it's the, from the catalog to what we're doing on the catalog, to what we're doing on the booth, to what we're doing at trade shows, to what we're doing in marketing, the e-blast, to everything. Uh, these, these new owners, they want to grow really, really aggressively. And they are uh, very open to any of the ideas we're having. And this company is packed full of untapped talent. And I'm really kind of just sitting back and meeting with these people and saying, what are these ideas you want? What are these crazy things you want to do? Okay, cool. Go do them now. You have someone that's going to push that through for you. You're going to have someone that's going to back you in those crazy ideas. And it's kind of making my life uh, pretty easy right now. Oh, that's awesome. So, I, I mean, gosh, in, in two or three weeks time, you're getting the ability to make what sounds like relatively dramatic changes, which would suggest to me a certain level of nimbleness, right? A certain level of flexibility and you know, talk about that a little bit. Cause I, I know you personally, and I know that has to be energizing to you, but, um, what, what's that sort of look like here in, in that short period of time? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very energizing. It's, it's great to get that flow back. It's, it's great to get that creativity back. Uh, you know, when we spoke 60 days ago, I, I'm, I'm sure I covered it up pretty well, but, uh, a couple months before that, I mean, I was in a, an extremely dark place. Um, there was a lot going on financially. There was a lot going on with my, my, my other projects, what I was going to do next. Uh, did I really want to come back into this industry? Just a lot of options going on in my head. I had, I had really lost that confidence. So sometimes, uh, doing something we don't want to do is exactly what is needed and getting, getting back into the groove of things of waking up in the morning, coming to an office, kind of doing some things, uh, working with product, being around people again, being around people you can make better, manage, do whatever, it's really brought back that energy. It's got me back into a better mindset. It's got that confidence back. And it's just on a, I'm just on a much better path than I was three months ago. It sounds a bit cliche, but I'll hearken back to the uh, mantra, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And I think we talked a little bit about that in the first podcast, but recognizing that dark place, knowing that uh, you, you've forced yourself to get to a spot where you have to be uncomfortable sometimes to make a change and be willing to be somewhat humble and uh, grateful for the people that you know, love and care about you oftentimes is the first step in getting yourself away from that dark space. Yeah, absolutely agree. Okay. So let's, let's talk about Charlie at handstand. So what do you anticipate the role you're going to provide individually to potential customers and like, how are we going to act with interact with you? Where, where are we going to find you? Where are you, where are you going to be? Um, and, and specifically like if, if I'm listening to this and I, I feel like I have a need maybe in that category, what do you want people to know you for when it comes to, uh, having the chance to have this stage and an audience that might be paying attention? Um, I mean, it's, you know, you're going to, you're going to see me a lot at the office. You're going to see me a lot at the trade shows, a lot of, uh, going to see the big clients. Just, you know, it's, it's not, this industry is not rocket science. Uh, how do you, how you grow this company is you expand the product line and you get in some programs and you get in with the big boys and you hope for the best. Um, I mean, the, the, the inside sales reps and the customer service team here is, is pretty incredible. Just after the first three weeks, they've got some good people leading those teams up that are just, uh, just extremely, extremely good at what they do. So, uh, we are just, we're looking to just mold the new message, uh, let people know we're going to become an everyday supplier. 
let them know we're going to be aggressive, let them know they can, you know, a trust in what we're doing and the new products we're bringing out. And we're just going to do, uh, to be honest with you, we're just, we're just going to do what we did at Snugs when Brandon and I took over. We're just going to start being anywhere and everywhere and making sure people uh, know about us, know about handstands. We're on top of mind. So anytime an order comes across their desk, maybe there's a better chance we get that order in the future. Nice. Because these boys want to grow. I want to grow. And everyone at this company uh, is not happy with where they're at. And I like that. Well, it's sort of applying the blueprint, right? So maybe the company is different, but you witnessed a period of explosive growth. So sure, times have changed a little bit and maybe some of the methodology you might employ might be different, but the blueprint doesn't really change. I mean, I don't anticipate you're going to do anything dramatically different, but I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Like it's been 60 plus days since we got together on a podcast, but it's not like we haven't talked in between. And you asked me a very specific question a few weeks ago around the concept of meditation and whether or not I was practicing meditation. And it's really interesting that you asked me that at that particular moment, because I do have my own struggles with finding that inner calm and the notion of meditation you know, like I told you, it's not something that I do. And um, it's been something that I've really sort of gave some thought to both prior to you asking me that question, but definitely especially since. So let's talk about that part of what you've introduced to both the industry and the peer group that I think that uh, you've, you've introduced me to. Um. Well, it really, you know, that's, that's part of my journey the past three or four years. I've, I've was lucky enough to skip across a few people who knew some very evolved teachers who just so happened to be in my backyard, people who had spent years and years with Maharishi and some other, uh, enlightened people. Um, and I've spent the past three or four years on a very, very aggressive spiritual path and meditation practice. Uh, they saw in me something that I could handle it. I mean, there are a there are a lot of people that uh, if they get really aggressive into meditation on this path, that they could go crazy. Um, so luckily, luckily they saw something in me and kind of guided me down a path. And it got to the point where we were, you know, meditating one to two hours a day, uh, hundreds of books, um, just learning from uh, just some very, very evolved teachers. And it's it's led me down to seeing just the absolute incredible benefits of meditation. And now depending on, you know, where people are uh, in their evolution, um, mindfulness, uh, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, sitting in your office with the lights off and just being quiet, uh, to meditating 20 minutes a day to sometimes an hour a day to getting really aggressive into the path and reading. And, and it just boils down to, you know, what your soul wants at that moment. Um, there's a great quote from a teacher out there called by the name of Adi Ashanti. It says, do you, do you want to feel better or do you want the truth? Now there's no wrong answer to that. If you, a lot of people get into mindfulness and meditation just to calm their mind down. The mind is an absolute trap. It's a tool that needs to be used on this realm and this plane and this, in this dimension, but we're caught up in it. We're not our thoughts, our emotions and our beliefs. It's a condition. And it's something we get really caught up in. And, and what meditation does is it calms you down. It calms down the, the thoughts you have. Let's say it's like it's like they say invest in a really good bed. If you live to be 100 and you sleep eight hours a day, that's 33 years of your life spent in the bed. So you might as well spend time in a very comfortable bed. Let's say, Roger, you're 40-something years old. You got 40 years on this planet. 
let's say 80% of the time you're thinking thoughts that absolutely have nothing to do with your evolution, do not make your life better with your wife, your kids, your industry, your, your work, whatever. So only 20% of the time your mind is actually working in a creative direction of doing something to help you evolve or get better. Meditation calms that down to the point where maybe you shift it to 60-40. So that's an extra 20% of your life. 40 years, what is that? That's an extra eight years of your life built towards actually making your life, your family, this world, the people around you better. That to me is a simple, I mean, one of the most powerful, most simple reasons as to why more people meditate. And it's a very selfish reason for me to want more people to meditate because it's a collective consciousness. You raise your consciousness, it's going to benefit me next time I'm around you. I just think it's one of the most untapped, most important things more people can do. And it's non-denominational. It's not religious. It's not, there's no money to be made from it. There's nothing that's going on behind the scenes. It's, it's an incredible simple-minded tool that anyone on the face of this planet can put to use each and every day. And if they choose to do that, and anyone who tells me they don't have time or their mind's just too busy, that's even more of a reason for that person to do it. The benefits of it are, are breathtaking. The hundreds of people I've taken up to my guide to learn transcendental meditation or any form of meditation is incredible. Not a single one of them has come back to me and said they didn't notice anything. We're talking atheists, Catholics, Mormons, Muslims, people who believe in stuff, people who don't. Some of the dumbest people, some of the smartest people. I can't – I cannot – I cannot vouch for anything more powerful than meditation right now. Well, uh, um, gosh, I'll, I'll forget the article, but I, I, I read – posted somewhere that uh, humans in – certain age demographics these days have a lower attention span than goldfish. And the, the notion of us living in this incredibly distracted state really flies in the face of what you're describing. And uh, I also posted not too long ago an, another article that talked about the fact that um, social media and smartphones in many ways amongst adolescents are destroying their lives. And a lot of that has to do with um, viewing other people's supposed joy of the posts that they put out there as being this f fallacy of a perfect life. And it leading to um, people feeling like they're not achieving the same kind of perfection that perhaps these posts are suggesting that other people are achieving. And so you have distracted, miserable people that somehow to me, it seems like this notion of mindfulness and using the tool of meditation to achieve it would be like the direct opposite of that. Look at the, what the masses are doing and do the polar opposite. You might turn out pretty good. <laughs> so you've, you've done many of us a solid by putting together a platform for those of us in various stages of enlightenment, seeking our own way on the journey. So why don't you talk a little bit about what you've done and how somebody who might be intrigued by the notion of what you're discussing might find their way to that. Yeah. So we, we, we started a simple Facebook group, a group called mindful promo. Um, and it was, it was inspired by a guy I was speaking with, uh, who was, 
in a sense, interviewing me to come work and was on the distributor side. And it's a very, very large distributor. It's a top 10 distributor. And he wanted me to fly out and anyways, work for them. So we got into the discussion. He asked me the same question. What's your ultimate goal? I said enlightenment. And I heard just kind of a blankness on the other end of the phone. And he asked me if I was kidding. I said, no. And he started talking about his own practice of meditation. He'd been practicing the last two years. The funny thing is, is he didn't know, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't talk about it to his colleagues or his family because he thought it was hippie or kind of weird. He didn't know what to do. He, he saw the, the very powerful benefits. He's a very successful CEO. He saw the benefits from it, but he didn't know how to talk to others about it. And then we got into an hour discussion about how do we bring that type of meditation, mindfulness, that type of spirituality into an office setting where you can calm people down because they're so stressed out. How do you bring them something into the office where they spend so much time that's going to help them at work but also help them at home? And I just thought about, oh, let's just throw a Facebook group together, invite some people, and let's start asking questions. How many people meditate? How many people want to bring it into the office? What do they think about this book? What do they think about this quote? What do they think about that? And it's interesting to see the stuff I posted, to see the reaction to some of this stuff. And you can see how people view different quotes in different ways depending on where their consciousness is at. And one of the things I wanted to lead to, you know, there's a lot of uh, events in this industry. There's a Power Summit, uh, North American Leader Conference. Um, it's all about business and people and opportunities. What I'd like to put together is I'd like to put together an event with ASI, PBI, and, and some some executives and people in this industry who are interested in this stuff and get to a, a mountain retreat or an ashram where there's no technology and people are vulnerable and people are meditating, bring in some very enlightened, evolved teachers and have them talk about a different way of life, not so much business, but then also bring in how do you bring that type of, uh, how, how do you evolve? How do you help the consciousness of your company rise by bringing that type of information into the office without offending anyone or making people thinking you're, you're crazy. <laughs> and I think there's great ways to do that because this planet is evolving towards enlightenment. And this is a whole different subject, but there's a great book out there called 1000 by the author Ramaji. And he talks about the planet being around 600, which he, he says is the number where you start to open up and awaken. Well, the average person on this planet is around 250. That's a huge gap. There's a reason why there's so much craziness going on. There's a reason why everyone's nervous systems are fried and why they're being so negative and so much war and so much clashing going on and people don't even know why they're doing it. There's this, this, this world's nothing but energy. And if the planet's moving towards something better and the common man can't move with it, there's a lot of chaos that's going to happen with that. But there's a lot more people on this planet than ever before that are, that are truly awakening. And that's a good thing. Well, and I think about it and, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's somewhat divergent topics, but you're talking about crossing an expanse to where if we're in a competitive marketplace for talent and given the economy today, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that it is absolutely an employee's market right now. And if you are an employer and you're seeking a, a way to perhaps attract talent that sets you apart when it comes to the other choices that a potential candidate might make, if you can present them something beyond a ping pong table and free espresso, 
boy, wouldn't mindfulness be something that would be a really key differentiator when a millennial is trying to make a choice between the places that he or she might go work coming out of college? Oh, you better believe it. You absolutely better believe it. And it's the same thing I told handstand, the handstand's owners uh, meeting with them at their house and anyone I spoke with on this journey of, of interviewing. I said, you have smart people. You have, they're, they're, there's more than enough smart people on this planet. These companies, these businesses don't need more smart people. They need evolved people. They need people who can see the world and reality for what it is. They're not delusion. They're not in denial. They can really face this planet like it is. That's what's going to be needed with these companies. And I, I promise you, I'm not the only one thinking about that. The people at the, these larger companies, I can promise you they're bringing in people that probably the people that are working with them don't understand what they bring to the table, but you just don't know. Someone of an enlightened consciousness brings up the level of the room just by walking in the room. And I know that sounds like voodoo or craziness, but I'm telling you right here, right now, I've seen things that I can't that I can't physically wrap my mind around happen in front of me. There is stuff going on behind the scenes on this planet that people just do not understand. And just because they don't understand it doesn't make it not real. There's so much going on and I want a part of that. I want that red pill from Matrix. I don't give a shit what this path or this journey does to me. I want the truth. I want the absolute truth. I want to see reality for how it is. I want to see what's going on in this world. I want to see if we're really the body. Are we really the body? Because right now you're looking at me through Skype. What is looking at me? What is looking at me? It's the shell. What what are you looking at? Yeah. What, what is what is that consciousness? What do we 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 take that for granted? What is that? Are we really the body? Are we? Re- you have no idea what your next thought's going to be. Where do those thoughts come from? If you ask yourself, "Who am I?" You will go blank. Well, or you'll struggle for the answers because you've not given yourself the opportunity to really spend time trying to figure out what that answer really is. Right? You don't know who you are. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's going on with consciousness. We don't know what's going on with the soul. We're all out there trying to figure out what it is. And meditation will get you in, in tune with what's going on. It calm, I, I can't even – there's a dozen things we could talk about on this topic. And I cannot wait to get that group going. I cannot wait to see what goes on with this company. I appreciate you allow, allowing me to talk about this crazy shit and, and hopefully more people get on board. And if anyone has questions about – these higher, this higher knowledge, this meditation or mindfulness or anything, I've got a wealth of, of books and knowledge they can uh, tap into, and I would love to share it with them. Well, you can't hear it, but this is officially the sound of my mind being blown on this Friday afternoon. And, uh, you know, forget me, you thanking me. Thank you, man. That's if, if this isn't a uh, provocative and thought provoking topic amongst the listenership, I don't really know what else could be. So just tell everybody again, how, how can they find that group and, and where it's on Facebook? Yeah, it's just on Facebook. It's called mindful promo. Yeah. So please, if you're at all interested in this topic, if you're at all interested in interacting with other people that are on that same kind of journey, no matter where you are, no matter where those people are, just the idea of community is always reassuring and knowing that there are other people out there who are responding, uh, to these this specific provocative topic is in and of itself reassuring and knowing. And I'll tell you what, man, you know me, you get that uh, conference put together and you get that location put together and I'll be amongst the first to sign up, my man. Awesome, man. We'll, uh, we'll get working on that. All right. Well, 
I think we have sufficiently blown everybody's mind on a Friday afternoon. So with that, we'll close. And Charlie, once again, as always, I appreciate your time and we will talk again, my friend. All right. Thanks, Roger. See you, bud. Until next time.